the boat on the inside. He takes the reverse pass and dashes 20 yards to touch down between the posts. edition of Rabbitohs Radio. My name is Grant Chappell. I'm joined by former Rabbitoh, my loyal co-host and friend, Darren Brownie-Brown. What's going on, Brownie? No, not too much, chaps. It's the uh, off-season for the uh, all the clubs around the NRL, but more importantly, it's been an off-season for us as well. It certainly has, mate. Uh, the boys have kicked off training this week, uh, a partial squad down there at Redfern. It's trying to toughen them up down there, JD, I think. Um, the Aussies are coming off a pretty tough loss there, 30 to block, where the Kiwis dominated them from uh, first minute to the last minute, led by a veteran, 33-year-old Kieran Foran, outstanding defensive how, performance in the middle of the field. How good were they, the whole the whole squad in terms of that uh, final of the Pacific Championships? And um, like you just said, chaps, we were dominated from pillar to post. Uh, the forward pack, they just ran straight through us up the middle. Big James Fisher-Harris. The winger, Ronaldo Molotalo. I thought they are back five. The Charles Nickel Clockstad, that they were just... They won every collision and they just wanted it more than we did. And congratulations to, to the Kiwis. Yeah, congratulations to them. But more importantly, our very own Cameron Murray won the Harry Sunderland medal. Yeah, and he didn't play in that last game. Um, he was outstanding the week before, running a, a really beautiful line on that left edge. Um, it was singing... Um, he, he either had an involvement in a few tries or he scored that final try. He's uh, been on fire old cam, but he pulled out with a bit of tendonitis um, prior to kickoff. So, big loss for the Aussies. But uh, you know what? They might have lost anyway. Yeah, well, it was a shame because he was going for the record of seven tries in seven test matches. And he would have taken that off Ron Coote, which he equaled the week before. Well, he still gets another chance, mate, because he didn't play. So He certainly does. Mate, I just want to, just before we uh, get on to the show, chaps, I uh, just want to give a shout out and a mention to a great friend of mine, a former South Sydney Rabbitoh player in the early 80s in the lower grades, Ian Scats Vernon. Now, he's had a bad turn. He's in a pretty bad way at the moment. Um, he's in ICU on life support, and my prayers and thoughts go out to the family, and I'm just hoping that he can pull through. I um, hope you pull through there, Scatsy, and uh, we'll be talking to you. He's a great bloke. He's well-known around the area, um, a local... Council bloke, worked on Randwick Council, was always down the beach. And, uh, yeah, just hopefully he can pull through. And uh, thoughts and prayers are with his whole family. Anyway, we've got a big show coming up. We've got former Tongan International, former Rabbitoh, and a bloke who played a lot of games over there in England, well over 200 first-grade games. A real fan favourite of the mighty South Sydney Rabbitohs. Fatuli Tools Talanoa, welcome to Rabbitohs Radio, mate. Hey, boys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries, mate. Um, we got obviously got Brownie on the line there, mate. G'day, Tools. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Now, um, we might just go through a little bit of brief history about yourself, mate, um, where you're from and all that sort of stuff and what it was like growing up. Now, I believe you were born and raised over there in East Auckland, yeah? Yeah, so uh, I was born in New Zealand. Um, half of my childhood, I was raised in East Auckland before moving over to Australia at 15. 
the small town that I grew up in, uh, Glen Earth, uh, I grew up in the New Zealand housing estate, um, which was pretty rough area. Uh, the surroundings didn't give too much um, positive influences, so it was it was hard to stay on a positive path. But um, uh, I guess my mother saw the signs early, um, and I got moved over to Australia, uh, 15 years old. And, and obviously it was a sounds like a pretty tough place to grow up. Um, probably reminiscent of some place in Western Sydney or um, down there in the Moon Street to Lexington down to Maroubra Beach or something like that. What sort of some of the things you've seen growing up, mate, where you thought, um, what's going on here? Yeah, it was very similar. Uh, the area I grew up with, you know, you just got to walk a few steps outside your front door. Um, it, it was very heavily influenced by drug dealers, uh, you know, there was alcoholics, there was gangs, a lot of gangs and violence um, that surrounded our, our estate, um, which made it a lot tough for, you know, us kids and in, in, in growing up and finding that path where we can escape from that, that surrounding. So similar to the, the, the areas here in Australia, you know, I, I fully understand uh, how some of the youth grew up here, and um, yeah, that was that was the upbringing in in my area as a kid. Um, can you remember your mindset back then before you came out to Australia? Um, like, you know, what were your aspirations as a as a fourteen or thirteen year old over there? Who were who were some of your idols over there back then? So, so growing up, um, I actually wanted to to protect my community. I wanted to be a police officer. I, I wanted to make that change and protect my community and seeing some of the things um, that I saw. Um, I My aspirations were to become a, a police officer that I can, you know, try and clean up my community and seeing, seeing how families were affected and, you know, even my friends and that, how they were affected. So uh, trying to, that was my dream as a, as a kid. I, probably like 10, 12 years old, I was like, you know what, I'll, I want to try and clean this up. And, you know, at the time I was like, maybe becoming a police officer, I can have that impact in my community. Mm. Oh, that was a great aspiration, mate. And it would have helped you in your journey along the way. And you mentioned tools just before your family. Tell us a little bit about your family. Yeah, so I'm one of eight. Uh, we've got a big family. Um Growing up was just your typical uh, housing estate family. Uh, a lot of houses in one area, all with the similar, you know, mum and dad working uh, or trying to find jobs. And so we all had an understanding of each other. Uh, I grew up in a big family, so I was never bored. Uh, five brothers and three sisters. So there was always a full house. Uh, we There was a park at the back of our our estate, so all of us kids were just just out there running around. Um, growing up, I kind of fell into the the environment that was around me. Um, got into a lot of trouble in school, just getting kicked out of school, couldn't keep in school. Um, Punching on another, at school? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was just I was just finding myself in situations that were not good. Um, and I guess my mother saw saw the early signs, so she decided to move me to try boarding school. 
uh, got sent about an hour and a half away from East Auckland out into the rural area, Wesley College. It's a great rugby union school. Um, so I'll get sent out for Monday to Friday and then I'll return Saturday, Sunday. But the problem was when I returned back to East Auckland, I was finding myself in getting into the, the trouble again. Mm, yeah. And Tools, you just mentioned uh, you got sent to a boarding school. Did, did your mum obviously offer that situation to all the brothers and sisters? So I kind of just tagged along with my little brother Mark because he was he was uh, he was a lot better at, foot, at rugby union. Um, so there was a there was an opportunity there for me to just tag along. My mum was like, you know what, you, you can go down this path with Mark, and hopefully you can find a way away from all this these distractions that you have. So um, it was a great boarding school, great discipline and. A lot, I learned a lot, um, but it was just bringing me back into that environment where, at the time, I was I felt safe. That 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 was it for me. Mm. You mentioned your brother Mark, mate. Tell us a little bit about Mark. There's obviously a few stories uh, out there about Mark and and his troubles. Tell us a little bit about Mark and and the the stories that he, or obviously the trouble that he got into. Yeah, so within our family, me and Mark are the closest in age. So we kind of have more of a closer bond with each other. So we kind of did everything together. And uh, once we moved over to Australia, uh, he's two years younger than me. So he was 12 years old. Um, we were trying to set ourselves up to go in a different direction. And it was all playing out. We all, footy is pretty much... What, what took us in a different direction, which um, I'm glad that uh, the game of rugby league and I'll always be grateful for it. Um, so we, we go our paths, but he went the rooster's path and I went the right way with the bunnies. Ah, uh, 100%. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm glad you yeah, said yeah. that. I was about to correct you, but keep going. <laughs> no, you joke. That was, that, yeah, that was, the, that was, the, that was where, we, where he went wrong. He went down there. <laughs> yeah, so, that's um, it. Yeah, mate. Um, but yeah, so he just ended up being around, you know, surrounding himself with the wrong people, um, got a serious charge, attempted murder, and ended up doing t seven years by the age of 20 years old. Mm. Oh, wow. um, so a big chunk of his life has just been taken out. Um, it was it was a hard time for me to comprehend it, uh, being so young as well, um, as he was my only... Uh, close family that was that was there and our, our siblings so it was a tough time for me to comprehend everything and take everything in I, I kind of felt I sort of failed him in a bit with the guidance mm. but um so he's he's done his seven years uh he's got deported the last couple of years and he's down in Christchurch he's started up a foundation called uh the road to redemption where he helps uh 501 deportees and also troubled youths mm. uh, find their feet and get qualifications, uh, find them jobs, um, just even just normal life skills and, and like planting stuff, planting vegetables or, or building, you know, um, keeping them busy and occupied and also upskilling themselves. Mate, that's so good to hear and uh, credit to Mark and um, he's – He's speaking from experience to all these other deportees that do come over and hopefully he can steer them in the right direction like he's got yeah. now. 
We'll just touch on your schooling uh, a little bit in terms of where you went to school in Sydney. Yeah, so my, my journey starts, um, I went to Waverley College, which is in Bondi Junction. It's a rugby union school. I attended there uh, when I got here 2005, oh, 2004, sorry. Um, and that's where I met one of my good friends, Eddie Payer. And he was the one who introduced me to rugby league. Uh, we just had first break and then he came up to me and he was like, hey man, um, what are you doing on Sunday? And him being a mascot diehard, he was like, you got to come down to mascots, the best rugby league team in Sydney. No one beats us. We're going to win. <laughs> we win everything. So yeah, he was, he was promoting it. And I said, yeah, sure. I'll come down. Um, my first game of rugby league at mascot, uh, it was terrible. <laughs> I wasn't used to uh, markers playing the ball, getting <laughs> up 10 and back. Uh, Sadie was like, what, what have you brought here, Eddie? Like, <laughs> uh, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the game and, and, and I loved it. And after that, I, I changed schools uh, for the fact of I wanted to pursue rugby league. And I went over to Metroville High School, uh, where it's dominated by rugby league and uh, enjoyed my time there in Meadow. Um, so, yeah. Who were some of the players and coaches there at Meadow at the time? I think it was the Arrival Live Cup, I believe. Was that the competition? Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we had a lot of the younger boys who were there. We had, uh, Reynolds was there. Uh, AJ Tamara was there. Uh, Jimmy Tamo was there. Um Eddie Pettiborn come for six months just to play in a rival life cup. Uh, yeah, we we had a lot of a lot of good players come a through fair side the, there, the mate. program. Yeah, uh, we had Scott Murray who was our coach there, so he, he put trainings every morning, so everyone will be on time for school. Yeah. And he also did training after school, which kept us in school, well, that which was, was a good idea as well. Yeah, it was. A- a very talented school many, many years ago, even before you went there, Tools, uh, produced many, many rugby league players and rugby union, similar to yourself. The Eller brothers were there. Um, mm. Sean Garlic, Graham Lyons, they all come through the system there. Yeah. So, Lloyd uh, Walker, yeah, some unbelievable rugby union talent and, and Indigenous boys too. Mm. Just speaking to some of the old boys, did you have a favourite player that you looked up to? I know you're from the rugby union background and you can say a rugby union player, if you wish. But did you have a player that you aspired to be when you did take up the game? So grow, growing up in New Zealand where rugby union is, is religion, uh, Jonah Lomu was like, he was a superhero. He was the only person that could beat Superman and Batman. Yeah, um, yeah legend. And, and, and he was Tongan. So every kid or every Tongan kid was like, Jonah Lomu, I want to be him. Uh, it wasn't until I got to Australia and I started watching um, rugby league. My first game I went to was the Roosters versus um, St. George, the Anzac test. Mm. And I, I watched Minicello and I was just like, I was watching him play. And then the year he had in 2005, I think he won the Golden Boot. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I just, it just stuck with me. Uh, with Minicello because I was so new to rugby league mm. and 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 just starting to watch it. Mate, you, you, you probably know, though... yeah, you probably couldn't have picked a better player uh, to aspire to. He, he's very professional, um, looks after his body, he competes on every play, and what a player he was. 
Mm. And that, you know, that's what it was, uh, Brownie. Uh, well, just his competitiveness and competing, you know. On when I watched that game, I was I was just like, that's that's what I that's what I want to try and be and and do in rugby league. So mm. it was Anthony Minicello for me. Yeah, look. Unfortunately, uh, he's a Roosters um, yeah. player. So. <laughs> yeah, we, we can handle that. Play for Australia. When, when you're he's talking a fair, about fair player, old Penny. <laughs> yeah, when you're talking about the best players in the world, uh, we don't mind if they come from the Roosters. You did mention uh, your junior club mascot. How much was that of an influence on your career moving forward? Uh, we know you had some great coaches there uh, and some great teammates. Just mention a couple of them along the way. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't have asked for a better start to, to rugby league uh, with joining uh, mascot. Uh, Sadie, our coach there, was was a, a great great guy to have uh, around us young kids at the time. Um, you know, the, the things he did off the field and keeping us together, getting us to and from training, um, just build, building a good foundation for, for us young kids that um, it wasn't just footy there was also other things that you know you, you need to work on to to become a, a good footy player which was getting the training on time and all all those kind of stuff um so Sadie was a, was a great mentor for all of us kids and I got to play with two of my best friends uh, Eddie Pettiborn and Eddie Payer um who, who are still like we're in good contact today. Uh, funny enough, I spoke with Eddie and both Eddies this morning, so we have our little group chat and go back and forth. But um, yeah, the mascot, I couldn't have asked for a better club to to help me with my journey, boys. Yeah, um, there's, there's a couple of couple of great men you met, that mentioned there. Um, Sadie, uh, we've known him for a long time. Old Sadie, he's a, he's, a, he's a champion. He's going for a bit of a tough time. Shout out to you, Sadie. He's had a crook back for many, many years and. I, I hope it um, comes good for you there, Sadie, and the, and the two Eddies. A couple, couple of champions there. And like Tools just said, it wasn't just rugby league that Sadie was teaching them. It was more about off the field. My percenters, like. Uh, which helps your rugby league, yep. doesn't it? Yeah, well, you're not going to get too far if you, if you don't turn up to training, that's for sure. And if you're late for games, I mean, we've, we've had a few players uh, this year in the club that are, um, are learning that the hard way. Unfortunately, mate. Um, now, what, what, talk us through the first South jersey you got, mate. Would have been SG Ball, I suppose. Um, coming out that little bit later on. Um, tell us about that first SG Ball game for the Bunnies, mate. How it all come about? Yeah, so I, I'm I'm just finishing up uh, my first year of rugby league at Mascot, and we had the trials for SG Ball. Um, AJ was our um, JA, sorry, was our was our coach at the time, and um, it was also new to me just the 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 rep going into SG Ball from just local leagues and uh, all the boys around me, especially the South Juniors. You know, they they really embed the culture of that the jersey, the South jersey, um, whether it's SG Ball or first grade, and having those guys around me, um, you know, who love the club so much. Um, really made me enjoy and instilled the culture in me, um, even at SG Ball. And uh, that tournament, I, I just fell more in love with, with the club and, and the game. Mate, after uh, you come through the, the junior reps and, and progressed into the, the next journey of, of your career, the under-20s, tell us a little bit about the players that you played with there. 
Yeah, so after the actually ball season, I managed to get selected to play a few games in Jersey Flag. And at the time, like I'm, I'm still new to this, but it, it was all just rugby league, and I just all I just wanted to jump straight into it. Um, a lot of the older boys there uh, were all, all great, very, very welcoming and, and helpful towards me. Um, and, it, and it happened so quickly uh, through that. Jersey flag year, um, I, I played one year after SG Ball, and then I, I managed to get myself a, a part-time contract at the end of 2005. So it was all happening pretty rapidly uh, through that year. Tills, did you have a manager back then uh, coming from overseas? Was Sadie looking after your contract situations or did Sadie instruct you to, to go with a player manager? Yeah, Sadie was a great mentor, and and when I had uh, when I come over there first, especially after getting into SG Ball, uh, there are a few managers that come to the tournaments and our games, and I would just speak to Sadie and just ask him what does he think. Um, and Eddie Payer had a manager, uh, Sammy Ayub, at the time, and uh, I just jumped on with um, Sammy Ayub. Mm. And you started to progress through, play Premier League and under twenties. In, in, in that competition, mate, and um, tell us a bit about that first grade debut, mate. Um, round 24, 2006, off the bench against Manly. I think we were beaten that day, mate. Yeah, so I, I get a call from Ricky Young, and he's like, hey, man, you're, you're, you're playing um, first grade tomorrow. And I, I thought he was joking, and I was like, yeah, whatever, man. Like, like it, I get the joke. It, it's all good. Like you don't have to get me because I was one of the young lads. So then I hung up and then um, I get a call from um, Sean McRae. And he was like, hey, it's uh, Sean McRae. And I, I hung up straight away because I thought it was Ricky <laughs> trying to put on his voice. Yeah. And then uh, he calls me back and he said, mate, um, it, it's really me. Uh, you get ready, you're going to be playing tomorrow. And it was at that moment, like, uh, I think the world, like, just stopped. Um, I nothing else came to mind, and it was <laughs> like just quietness. And I was like, hung up the phone. I didn't want to sound too excited, and then I just started cheering. I was like, "Holy shit, this is really happening!" Like, I'm getting an opportunity here to put on that first grade journey jersey for South. And mm. um, yeah, it was crazy. And then going into the game, it was down at Manly, and. I had an experience um, being down at Manly at Brookville level. Mate, just, be, so just before you go on to the game, who was the first person you called? So I, I called my my mum. She was still over in New Zealand at the time. It was still just me and my brother um, staying with our, my auntie. And they're, they're mad Roosters fans, so I knew they wouldn't care. <laughs> but uh, they're, Yeah, they're, they're happy, but yeah, they didn't pay too much attention because I think the Roosters were playing that day as well. So... <laughs> But I, I, I called my mom and she was just in tears and she was just like, look, uh, I know you didn't understand it back then while I was moving you around and, you know, it's, it's things like this. And she was just proud of me that there was a path that, that was there for me and she saw it all along. She just needed to guide me a bit. And, yeah, it was, I was a bit emotional that they couldn't come over to, to be there for the game, but... Um, yeah, it was a feeling that like, like it's just happened yesterday. I can still remember. 
That's so good. And you're, you're a fully grown man now, mate. And looking back on that decision that mum made and, and dad, um, what, what do you think of it these days, mate? You look at it more in a mature head. At the time, you're probably thinking, what's she doing? But um, looking back on it, it was it was a great decision by Amelia, isn't it? Your mum's name? Yep. Yeah, well, at the time, I, I thought we were just coming for two weeks. I was like, how good is this? Get two weeks in Australia. Never been on the plane <laughs> before. After the two weeks is done, I call my mum and I'm like, um, do you have our flight details to come back? And she was like, son, you're on a one-way ticket there. Uh, <laughs> that's, your, that, that's your new like, that's your new life there. Mm. And uh, yeah, at the time I was like, well, my friends and, you know, I don't know anyone here. And mm. But looking back at it now, um, you know, it's it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. It must, um, it must have been a tough period for Tuli when, when your mum said that, um, you know, knowing that you're, you know, like you just said, all your friends were back home and you had to try and make a new life here. And, um, uh, you know, it was many, many years later that you were rewarded with that opportunity. Yeah, that's right. You know, uh, look, I look back at it now from a different view and, and understand it all, um, the why she she was pushing me to, you know, get out of that environment mm. and get out of my comfort zone, all, all for this to get on this path. Mate, we, um, we cut you short on your debut. Uh, tell us about the day itself. Yeah, so then Brookvale Oval, never experienced it before. I'm still overwhelmed by being in the same, in the first grade changing room. So I'm just walking around the, like, I'm already ready. I, I got ready within five minutes. You know, there's other guys getting, stretching and going through their process. I'm just there walking around looking at all the, uh, that I'm here with the first graders. And then it's time to run out. And then there's that the cage before you run out. So then you walk out and then you just hear Manly, Manly supporters just abusing everyone, <laughs> shaking the, the fence and everything. And I'm like, holy hell, like, are we playing footy or what? Like, they oh. are full just like giving it to us. I know what you mean there at Brookvale when you come out of the dressing rooms. There's cages either side. It's like you, um, the fans are right there, aren't they, Fatuli? They could probably touch you if, yeah. if them gates weren't there. Um, it yeah. must have been a very daunting feeling, but an exciting one at, at most. Yeah, it was. It was. And then going through, uh, sitting on the bench, watching the game and just just waiting for, you know, the call to come down. And um, I, I, I was still in disbelief that I'm actually, like, going to make my, my debut. Like, mm. I, didn't, I didn't believe it until I actually run on the field. Mm. And then they, they made the, the change. I come on as centre. Left center, I think it was. Um, so I just got through the game, game, got my got the ball in my hands quick, and it happened so quick once I was out there. But uh, even though we lost, like I felt real proud of myself, and uh, that I that I got to a moment that I could that I achieved that I never thought I would ever in my lifetime. Who did you replace? I'm looking at the centers here on the paper. It's Jermaine Paulson. who was a very talented. Um, kid from up Queensland, and the other one is a bloke who just won a grand final. Yelene, Buddy Gordon, still playing. Who was it that you replaced? Uh, I think I think it was uh, it, it wasn't Bud. I, I didn't. I think it was Jermaine Paulson. I think he come off, um, and then I come on. So, but both those guys were very very helpful for me that day, um, as we did come up play a few games in uh, Premier League together. So, mm. I'm glad I had those two there. Mate, you played a 
couple more games in that 2006 season, but it was 2007 where you um, scored your first try. I mean, you scored over 100 tries in your career. Can you remember that first try? No, it wasn't until you messaged me because I was trying to think, <laughs> like, over the years, I've been like, my son asked me, he was like, Dad, where, where did, when did you score your first try? And I was like, that's actually a good question. So ever like it's been the last two years, I've been like, where did I actually score my first try? And then it wasn't until you messaged me, Brownie, I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> and now I get the answer, answer for my son. Yeah, well, mate, uh, round 11, 2007 versus the Gold Coast, you probably don't remember it. Just, like I said, you scored over 100 tries. Um, but, mate, some of the players and the coaches that you played with throughout your career at, at the Rabbitohs, just tell us some of them. I mean, I can just mention a couple. G.I., Sam Burgess, um, your great mates, Eddie Payer and Eddie Pettiborn. But some of the, you know, Adam Reynolds and the coaches that you played under, tell us about some of them. Yeah, I thought with my the start of my journey in, in first grade, um, I think it was 2000, 2006 where we they started to bring over David Kilwell, Roy Asatasi, uh, even David Peachy, like Nathan Merritt was was great for me from from the get go. He took me under his wing and really helped me with my game. Even Peach Peach was like he was great for me as well. Um, understood, I was I was a young young pup, and they would always just guide me and give me tips here and there. And especially Nigel, uh, being a Pacific Islander himself, he kind of knew his role and whether to where to to help me uh, on and off the field. Um, so, yeah, there were, there were some great players just coming through as I was starting my journey that, that helped me along the way. Yeah, Nigel, what a pro he was um, when he came to the Bunnies and the Kitty as well. Um, Kitty's a very knowledgeable rugby league man, still involved in coaching to this day. Mate, you mentioned a guy just then, Nathan uh, Merida, uh, speaking about fan favourites, the South fans absolutely love him. Been through a little tough time in the, in the last month, um, some health conditions, but looks like he's out of hospital last week and, and he's on the mend, mate. Um, have you had any contact with him? Oh, I've just tried to just give him his time, you know, to be with his family and everything. I, we all understand those tough times and that you just want to be with your, your loved ones. So I'll probably give him a call and send a message uh, and whenever he's ready to, you know, have a chat and that, I'll... Send, send my love and support to him. Yeah, I, I spoke to his dad uh, the other day at the Cole Turner fundraiser. Um, he said he walked out of hospital that day, so that's great news. And to everyone out there who was listening, um, all their thoughts and prayers were with him along the way. And he, he knew that. He had so much support. Uh, you mentioned a couple of players. Now, the time you come to the club, the club had a vision of success and you mentioned Roy Asatasi and Nigel Wagner, and that was just the start for Tooley. Tell us about the coaches. It was Bomber McRae and then obviously Madge Maguire along the way. Yeah, so my first coach was Bomber, and I think I had four four coaches in my time um, coming through, all completely different. Um, and when JT stepped in after Bomber um, and the, the player recruitment that we had, um, I, I enjoyed all my my, my time under JT, um, you know, and then we went on to Langi. It was a real old school 
Um, you know, he was just your real basic, just run hard, tackle hard. Um, you know, rugby league's a real simple game. And then we get to Madge. Madge was oh, probably at a short time of Madge. Um, wasn't part of the plans, but, you know, that's rugby league. Mm. Um, at the time, I, I, I'd never faced that kind of adversity before. Um, when Madge stepped in, I think it was round two, I got told um, I wasn't in the plans for the rest of the year. So uh, it was a lot to take in at the time. I'm, I'm only 24 years old. And, yeah, it was, it was pretty tough for me um, that year um, mm. after being told. So, But well, I had different coaches and I learned a lot from each and every one of them. Yeah, Tools, you mentioned different coaches, obviously different Mad Mondays. Now, you mentioned Jason Taylor. Were you at the Foresters Hotel, Surrey Hills, when all the, the drama happened? Yeah, I was there. I was there, boys. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, uh, JT was uh, a bit too involved in um, in the players' group. You know, mm. I think he forgot he was a, a coach. Um, great guy, though, you know. Wanted to be there for the boys. But, um, yeah, that morning, uh, I think he just chose the wrong uh, the wrong guy to to pick on or yeah. you know, have a go at. Well, you don't usually see coaches these days on Mad Mondays. Um, but, yeah, no, it was all in good fun, and um, I'm sure they're, they're good mates as they is today. But uh, stadiums, mate, some of the stadiums that, that you played at in Sydney, and we'll talk about some of the UK ones a little bit later, but uh, the footy stadium, obviously you would have played there a lot. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed um, – I, li I liked the old-school grounds. Uh, Leichhardt was awesome uh, playing there. Brookie was very intimidating, but it was a great – ground to like to go play at you really get the feel of 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 rugby league with being so close to the supporters and that even though they abuse you but, yeah <laughs> you know it's all part of it that's what makes it um but uh, i think for me was um up at suncorp stadium that stadium is, is just unreal My, like playing at that stadium with a packed crowd is is, is something else yeah, it certainly is, mate. And I've been to a couple of Origins up there and uh, the stadiums these days, obviously the Allianz Stadium has changed and out there at Combank, um, they're all similar type stadiums now. Um, mate, 2008, you had a, a good year. Uh, the Tongan World Cup was um, available and you played with some good mates there as well. And uh, a man that we know well on the show, he was your coach in Jim Dimmick. Yeah, Jimmy's a great, great guy. I, I still keep in contact with Jimmy. Um, he was great for me uh, on and off the field. Uh, great guidance and great bloke. Um, I did catch up with him while he, he was up here at the Titans. He didn't stay too far from me. So uh, Jimmy was awesome um, taking over the, the Tongan side and uh, the 2008 um, World Cup was a great experience as well. I got to... Uh, represent my culture and my parents, um, which were which was great for me. Um, my family was all excited, and and for for myself as well, I got to represent my family. and And Tonga put their red jersey on, which is uh, something that I'm very proud of. Where was that played at, Sills? So yeah, so our, our first game we played up north. We played we played a game in uh, in Rocky. We played Scotland in Rocky. And then we come down and we played Parramatta. 
uh, or Paramount. We played at Paramount Stadium, sorry, we played Ireland. And then we played Samoa at uh, Penrith. Um, so it was, it was moved around. That would have been, that would have been a around. good experience playing Samoa. To um, yeah, Pacific cultures coming together there, man. Yeah, it it always is um, when we play Samoa. You know, that's that's our that's our arch rivals in Samoa, and you know, bragging rights with you know the islands, Pacific Islands, and both both countries are just as much, as as passionate, you know, for for their culture and. When those two teams come together, you know it's 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 always going to be a big game, big hits. Oh, for sure, mate. Uh, two absolutely beautiful countries. Oh, I've been one of them anyway. The water clarity over there—it's like a bottle of um, Barnaby water, mate. It's just that clean and clear. Um, I love that place. I have to I have to go over to Tonga though next time and try and do a bit of surfing, mate. Now, um, you spoke about round two. You weren't in South plans there, according to uh, Michael Maguire, mate. Um, what did you do after that, mate? Yeah, so I got given the choice whether to to stay or leave, and uh, I, I felt I didn't want to just leave the boys like that and just just go. So I um, I sat, I played the rest of the year out at the Bears. Uh, we had a, we had a great season there as well, um, and then after I finished there, I just wanted I just wanted a break from rugby league. Um, so I became a bin man. I was on the rubbish run uh, with my father-in-law, who was 60 years old at the time. Uh, real fit guy. Like he, he's another person in my life that's that's helped me once I stopped rugby league. Because once I stopped, like going from pre-seasons and training every day, like the gap is massive. Um, now I found myself like lost at times, um, but uh, I jumped on the rubbish run and jumped on it for about a year, and I actually really enjoyed it. And uh, it was not only just a job, you know, and managed to keep fit at the time um, while I was doing it. So uh, I spent a year on the rubbish run before Roy Satasi called me at the end of the uh, at the end of the year, and he was like, "Do you want to?" come back and play league um and i was like look uh kind of happy where i'm at eh? like um i enjoy it and he was like you actually really like smelling rubbish <laughs> said, well, it's, it's, it's not just smelling the rubbish man and then he yeah. was like look there's an opportunity to for you to come back and play rugby league it's over in the super league so i had a chat with my partner christy and i was like we waited all up i had two young daughters at the time yeah, I did the Garbos for a while there, Ramek City Council. It was Mate. all good until we got the back of um, Anzac Parade, Kingsford, all those Chinese, oh, Chinese restaurants. Oh, yeah. And tipping them out, all the maggots at the bottom, I nearly dropped on my knees and spewed. But um, mate, other well, than that, it was a good job because you finished early, mate. That's one good thing about it. 100%. Yeah. Early start, early finish, mate. Well, Lara Council, did you have a couple of former teammates there over there, I believe? Was there was there, um, maybe Blake Judd and Noah Sete there? Yeah, they were on a different route from me. Um, the boys, yeah. So I was doing the, the uh, I was doing the different part of the Wulara up there. So see them in the mornings, you know. Say your eyes, jump on your truck. You yeah. see them on the route. So few hills around it's there. It's good to have the boys. Sorry, mate. Few hills. Yeah, yeah. It's real hilly up there. <laughs> Kept you fit. Oh, for sure, man. Yeah, good players too. 
Juddy and, and Noah, mate. Yep. Don't worry about that. Um, so you, you went over to the UK, mate, a uh, boy from New Zealand, and spent a lot of time in Australia. Um, what was it like, mate, blending into the culture over there? Yeah, it was it was a complete culture shock going over to Hull. Um, going over there, not only just the weather, the people, and then just the, the language. You know, you, you think going over there, they speak English. It's just the slangs. I, I could not understand that they were speaking <laughs> English in Hull. I could not. Un- it took me a good maybe three, four weeks to like understand the real whole accent over there. So uh, the experience, I enjoyed it, um, especially getting there. It was it was freezing. My my daughters were first thing they asked me, and my partner Christy was like, "Where's the nearest beach here?" They're like <laughs> water people. You had the river there, mate, down there in Hull. Yeah, it's nice and brown. Yeah, <laughs> mate. Um... It must have been tough. I, I did the same experience myself going over to Salford once I finished my career here uh, with the Penrith Panthers. And it was tough taking a family over there, going to a new country. Um, and what people don't realise, Hull, it's it's a long way away from the main centre of, say, Leeds. It's still an hour away. It's a little, little town on its own, um, but a very, very cultural rugby league town. Yeah, that's right, mate. The the fans over there were they'll, they'll give the bunnies fans a good go. Yeah. But you know the, and I always always tell them I said, look, there's nothing like the the South Sydney supporters, mate. Um, <laughs> they wouldn't like when, that. When, <laughs> no, they do. They're like, are they just as mad? I said, they're even more mad than you got than you lot over here. <laughs> like they live a diet. Like it's it's life or death. Oh, they do, there. mate. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, uh, you played 128 games for uh, a whole whole FC football team and you had a lot of success there. Now, tell us about the success that you did have over there and let me tell you, every kid that plays rugby league in the UK wants to win those competitions. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, mate. So, going over there, playing in the Super League uh, competition, I didn't realise that the Challenge Cup was the epitome of, of, of rugby league over there. Um, and playing it in our first year, you know, you really got a feel of it, um, of the Challenge Cup. And in 2016, um, we had a pretty tough run. We had the top four sides that we had to play. Wow. St. Helens, uh, Catlins, um, Leeds and Warrington. So, you know, no one was giving us a chance, but it was do or die rugby league, you know. So whoever's turning up on the day, we understood that. No matter who's in front of us, it's we turn up today. We we got a be, we got the best chance of of winning it, mm. mate. Um, speaking of winning it, uh, the first time ever at Wembley that Hull won the competition after eight attempts. It, it must have been a great scene for the fans. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, that that game was was a real tough game um, that day, um, and once they who to who to won like. You had to find some energy to celebrate. Like uh, even all us whole, whole FC boys, we were like so like drained from the game, you know. Um, and then we we went over to the fans, and you can really see how much it meant to them. Um, the the fans there that you know they'd be waiting for it for like few few generations of the family were there. You know, they had the grandkids and the parents and the grandparents and the, they're just all in tears, so emotional and 
to, to see that and to do that for the club and, and for Hull. It was such an like a amazing scene and, and great time. Mm. Uh, talking about amazing scenes, uh, it must have been amazing for yourself, Fatuli, playing at Wembley, a young kid from East Auckland uh, who's got this opportunity to play in front of 80,000 people in a Challenge Cup final. What was it like for yourself? Yeah, it was, it was, I was still in disbelief. Um, there's moments where I, I still remember that phone call from my mum. Um, throughout my career, I, I still remember that phone call from my from my mum saying that that one plane, t- that one way ticket was only booked, and you get to walk out to the stadium and walk around the stadium before all the fans get let in. And uh, I just did a little self reflect and how far I've come uh, with my footy journey, and and understood that this could have been completely flipped upside down and I had a constant reminder and you know my little brother Mark who was still in jail at the time um so the reflecting before the game was you know it was a bit emotional but I knew I had to control it but I I understood like I'm at a good place here and I'm here at Wembley and like I said before like I would have never dreamt in my lifetime that I'd be in another country playing rugby league for a cup at Wembley Stadium, so oh. it, it was massive. That's beautiful, mate. Uh, not only were you at Wembley in 2016, you were good enough to go back to back in 2017, um, and this time you got on the scoreboard. That must have been amazing. Yeah, it was. It was. I was spewing the, the first year we were there. I was spewing that I didn't get across the the line to put my name down that I scored at Wembley. So. Um, the the next year, 2017, I managed to get across the line, score, and each time there's a there's a soccer game here that I watch, I always tell my son, oh, I scored there. Scored oh, there that's, the that's beautiful. That's <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> hey, listen, not many people can say that. I'm getting emotional talking about it, and I didn't even go there. I've been to watch a couple of games there, but uh, must have been an amazing experience playing 2016, 2017, playing with a great team. And none other than uh, Mark Snead, I think it is, Mark Snead, who won yep. the Lance Todd Trophy both years. Yeah, yeah, he he pretty much, his kicking game is pretty much what saved us in those, those big games. Uh, there was a few few moments in that, in both games, where he pretty much kicked us out of trouble or kicked the momentum back into back on our side. Um, we had a great team. We had Frankie Pritchard, Mark Minicello, Stevie Michaels, uh, Tika Manu was over there, Mahe Fanua. Uh-huh. Um, were a lot of the overseas players that really helped us in that uh, that run to the Challenge Cup and also going back-to-back. Yeah, that's great stuff, mate. It's, uh, it's a great competition, which we don't get enough to see it over here because it's on that really early in the morning and stuff like that or really late at night. But... Um, what about talent-wise, mate, in some of their pathway systems? Is there plenty of good players coming through, mate, that could come out here and uh, make a fist of it in the NRL? Yeah, look, I think the development over there, you know, I think they, they, they probably could do a lot more with it, um, even just bringing over some young kids and getting them into the system here uh, will, will help the, the, the game grow over there and bringing up their kids um, and the standard over there. Um, I know they are 
starting to Im- improve. Um, but I, I do highly push the, the young kids over there in the UK to, to get come over to experience the, the NRL systems and, and they will only just upskill and become better players. They're starting to do that now, aren't they, Fatuli? I've noticed over the last 12 months there's a couple of clubs that are bringing young kids out and putting them in their pathway system in terms of, you know, the um, the under-20s or what, the New South Wales Cup. Well, we've seen Dom Young do it and uh, and have great success and now he's gone over to the Roosters there on a fair contract. And we, we've just picked up someone here, Tools, in our Jersey flag team, mate. Aidan Doolan is a young Pommy hooker. He's in our under-19s. Sorry, under-21 system this year and he's come over and I've spoken to some of the coaches and he's in really good nick. He's really fit. He's well-prepared and um, I'm looking forward to see how he... he sort of progresses in the off-season here. Yeah. Mate, uh, Tools, it, it all come to an end in the UK. Uh, how did that come about? Yeah, so I uh, got towards 2018. Um, I had wrist surgery. I had a reconstruction on my wrist. Uh, so they put me out for a few weeks. I think it was 8 to 12 weeks. And it was just my heart wasn't in it anymore. Mm. Uh, I felt... It was time for me to to get back home and and start my my journey uh, outside of footy um, and find myself uh, in life. Mm. So um, I made the call in 2018. Um, you know, let them know this this will be my last year, and I, I was at peace with it. You know, I was I was happy that there was there wasn't a I didn't think twice about oh maybe I should or maybe I didn't even weigh up any option i just felt that i was at peace with with calling it um my time in rugby league mm, did you have a plan after footy tools or you were just going to come back and and wing it so i've always been it's always been a passion of mine um from when i was young to to help the youth and and help kids um try and create paths different pathways for them so i've always had this passion for um Working with the youth, it's what I do do now. So uh, I just got my certificates and my qualifications on my last couple of years to just help me the transition, just smoothly transition into into work, working uh, in youth care. Oh, that's good stuff. And that's what that's what you're doing at the moment, mate. Yeah. Yep. So I'm a they call a, a care pr- practitioner, which is pretty much a youth worker. I work with. Uh, kids with trauma and um, disabilities along the lines of uh, autistic, ADHD, uh, out-of-home care. So I work in a residential uh, house setting mm. and I just go in there, whether it's the dropping them to school, doing activities with them after school, just giving them a normal home life and also just the childhood that that they could remember and also just supporting them through their traumas. Oh, that's beautiful. You're a good, good person, um, Tools, mate. Um, I'm sure you're having a big impact on a lot of, a lot of lives, mate. That's a very rewarding job, mate. Yeah, it's it's very rewarding, and there's times where I incorporate rugby league into um, into the kids, the three boys we have there. They all they always try and test me. They're like, rugby league's not that hard. So then I got them to do a beep test, and then I got them to do a four and five. Yeah. And then I got them to do one set of Malcolm 
and they did not question rugby league ever again. <laughs> uh, and, and you yeah. played you played this year in, in, uh, against Eddie Pettibourne's team up there somewhere. Tell us a bit about that. Oh, I just thought you know, still giving back to rugby league. I just help out my local community, Chugan. Just having a little run in in A grade there, or just for the social side of it, and keep moving and helping out where I can. And we managed to get ourselves to the grand final this year uh, versus uh, Southport Tigers, who Eddie's playing with at the moment. They got a million dollar roster there. <laughs> um, we're just doing it for our community, us in Chugan. So, you yeah. know, it was the, but uh, it was great to to play against Eddie again. And, yeah, we fell short in the grand final, but you know it was it's just great to to still give back to the game of rugby league. Mate, have you signed on for two thousand and twenty-four? Oh, the the body is, is telling me to, you know, just have a little sit back a bit. Yep. But my my <laughs> mind is still like, you can do this, you can do this. Mate, I might I might just run around in reserve grade. Mate, let me tell you, when you get to fifty-five, you'll wish you listened to your mind, mate. Not you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, mate, that's a great journey that you've been on and it's still continuing now. Um, you must be happy with where Tongan Rugby League is at at the, at the moment and the quality of the players that are coming through. Yeah, it, it's great um, from when I played there to see it just grow. It's awesome to see the Tier 2 nations and, and the, the players that are that they're getting to play and represent uh, their heritage. It's great. We, I'm part of a community up here. We run Tongan, the Tongan, Gold Coast Tongan Rugby League. Um, and we run a gala day called the Sika Manu Cup. Oh, yeah. Um, and we just give a platform for not only just Tongan kids, it's, it's welcome to, to any kid who wants to do extra bit of training and also get involved and play games. So, um, I'm heavily involved in that up here, and I think that's that's where it also starts with um, with building for the Pacific Island nations. Yeah. Um, but it's great to see where Tonga is at um, at the moment. Yeah, is Sika living up there as well? So he's still he's still down in um, Melbourne, but um, his parents stay up in Brisbane. Oh, cool! And um, the Rabbitohs have got a great connection with. Um with Tonga because mate, we end up having five representatives um, this year. I know Hame is um, leaving, but um, he's been a big part of the squad the last couple of years. We've had um, Junior Totola, Keon Kolomatangi, and, and young Dion Tiupa. Um, yeah, they've had a really good represent re- representation for the Tongan culture. Yeah, it was great to see those boys all engaging, the boys from the Bunnies. Um, it was, it's, it's just great to see. Um, how Tonga has come so far in attracting the calibre of players. Mate, uh, Fatuli, first of all, thank you very much. You've had a great journey. Um, and like I just said before, the journey's ongoing. Uh, you're doing great work uh, in the community, in the in the Tongan community as well. Uh, hopefully we can catch up one day up on the Gold Coast. And thanks for joining us on the Rabbitohs Radio podcast. Thanks, boys. Um, yeah, I appreciate you having me um, on here today. Um, thank you so much. Yeah, give me a buzz. We'll catch up and have a beer up here. Good on you, mate. It's all easy tools. Thanks very much, brother. Thanks, boys. Thanks have for a good your time. One. Bye, mate. Well, chaps, 
he's a great man for Tuvalu Talanoa. Yeah, like what a journey. Um, just thinking of his mum Amelia, the the decision to send the two boys away um, to another country on, on a, probably a rugby union scholarship and on a wing and a prayer, and how many people sort of go over and, and, and do that but don't sort of have the career that Fatuli ended up having. And look at look at the fork in the road between him and his brother, Mark. It's a, it's a great story. Mm. And he thought he was coming home. And he, mm. he was on a one-way ticket. His mum had a vision that he was going to stay there and build his career there. And, and look where it led him, mate. Um, obviously, 90-something games for the Rabbitohs, over 128 in the UK. Had a lot of success mm. in the UK. 200-plus first-class games, um, scoring uh, 99 tries in first class, not including um, representative football, representative culture, represented his culture, Tonga. Um, yeah, well, and it just sounds like he's got a good heart with what he's what he's doing, helping people with autism and dis- disabilities and young That's not easy, chaps. No, it's not. And you've got to have patience. Mm. Uh, and you've got to bring that home with you and be able to block that out and still be a parent and a husband and a, and a friend and... And obviously his son and stuff like that. And, um, and he would have experienced a lot in East Auckland. Oh, yeah. The main where, streets where he really, lives. Yeah. Tough, tough join over there, mate. Don't worry about that. So, uh, no, that was a great chat. And I hope the fans who are listening enjoyed it. I'm sure they would. I enjoyed it immensely. I had a little bit to do with Fatuli coming through the junior ranks when he mentioned the Jersey flag team. I was the coach there. Um, Fatuli, Eddie Payer, both Loom was in that squad. So, yeah, I'm just so happy. And like I said, uh, when we were talking to him, I was getting emotional when he was talking about the success he had uh, at Wembley because, let me tell you, that's that's mind-tingling. Yeah. Um, yeah, some great stories there. I hope you've enjoyed that one. If you want um, us to interview any of the former players, um, write in, give us a few suggestions on who we should interview um, on our Facebook podcast listeners group, for us a private message there, or on our Instagram um, page there, Rabbitohs Radio Podcast listeners. Thank you for joining us. So our season's over, chaps. We're we're back in control now. We're podcast every week. Yeah, we have a few podcasts. Looks like we might have some more stuff on the pathways. They all started training the pathways Monday last night, which is Wednesday. We're, we're recording here on a. Um, Thursday afternoon at our new studios at the South Juniors, our um, foundation sponsor since the day one, the great South Sydney Juniors. They've given us our own studio um, here at Kingsford, so we appreciate Keith and the board for all their help. And a big thank you to all our other sponsors as well who will be rejoining us in the 2024 season. Yeah, they they um, have been fantastic for us. We, we've got the new sponsor, obviously, Oz Snow. I'd like to thank them. The biggest tour operator in the Southern Hemisphere. They are now a major sponsor of Rabbitohs Radio Podcast up there with um, Daryl Lee Chocolate. Um, and we'd like to thank them for their support. Look, we're going to be getting into the pathways next week. We've got a... Um, going to have a look at a pathways list maybe next week um, with, um, with a special guest on, which haven't been confirmed yet. We're going to go through some of the players to look out for and um, we'll talk about some of the coaches. We've got a few new coaches here, Tyron McCarthy and, and the likes. And He's an uh, Englishman himself. And Yoni, who used to, he's a former Waverley student, a bit like Fatuli. Um, Eddie Pettiborn still um, in and amongst it there. Some pretty exciting teams coming through. The Harold Matthews looks like a, a fair squad. They've speaking to um, someone involved there today without naming names, said they're a big squad. 
the Harold Matthews team has been put together. Maybe one of the best squads we've um, seen since Suali'i and um, David Mawali were coming through. So That's exciting times. Exciting times. Jersey flag, the under-21s. There's some big boppers. I went down to training Brandon the other day. Really big squad. And it was great to see um, Kelly Ryan, a former lower grader at the Bunnings, the Bear, the assistant coach for Tippy O'Connell. He and um, Jace Clark at the forwards. And um, some great mentors there for, for these young men. Mm, they certainly are. Um, I mean, Jace Clark, who's just come back from the UK himself, mm. or played in uh, the French League, the latter part of his career. But, yeah, a great mentor, him, John Sutton. So some really good minds down there. Yeah, and they're going to nurture these and kids. And they've come from the far and wide. It's not just um, a lot of the guys. There's some guys from last year stepping up, but... They've really done their job, the um, the Pathways recruitment officers there, and there's um, a really interesting former player's name that will be on the list possibly in the next week or two. We're not going to say too much more, but, yeah, some exciting signings coming up. I'm um, looking forward to that. We might uh, – is that – you got anything else, Brownie? No, that's about it. Uh, just once more, I'd just like to send my thoughts out to Ian Scats-Vernon. I hope – hopefully he pulls through uh, this awful situation he's in. Yep. Right, Scott. Um, shout out to you, mate. Um, all right, thank you for joining us. Another edition of Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. Up the mighty Rabbitohs. <laughs> <laughs>